Pentecost Sunday was last Sunday, and it's a Sunday that, that uh, is celebrated. Uh, Pentecost uh, means uh, 50, and it's 50 days from um, Passover, okay? And um, it's when, and we'll probably read these scriptures today in Acts chapter 2, is on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and really what is known as the birth of the church is Pentecost. And that's when the Holy Spirit filled the 120 believers in the upper room. And so as we talk about that experience of God coming into man, I just would like to, for a few minutes, talk about, uh, and, we, and we're going to read the scriptures first on the, on the one side, the scriptures. And I just want to talk freely for a few moments about these amazing scriptures and what that tells us about our amazing experience as Christians, okay? And the first one is 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Paul says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency and the power may be of God and not of us. What is that treasure that every believer has? If you're a Christian, you have a treasure inside you, okay? You have a treasure inside you. And obviously, that is God. That's talking about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ lives inside the believer. And it's so important this morning that we understand that when we became born-again Christians, when we became new creation people, I, everybody say new creation. Not, not an old creation dusted off, but a new creation that word new in the Greek is a brand new new, never before new. It's, it's, it's a new that has never before existed. And creation is species. So what that verse tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17 is if any man be in Christ, he is a brand new species. You're not Adam dusted off. You're not Adam re- remade. You are not the Adamic nature is buried now and you have a heavenly man in you, the Bible says that we're an old man, you put off, and then you put on the new man. That new man is your dead spirit resurrected, made righteous, and then joined together with the Holy Spirit. Inside of us, the new creation, Jesus called it the new wineskin, and you have to have a new wineskin for the new wine. Okay, And so... Here we are, earthen vessels on the outside. We know that the flesh is weak, this physical body. Jesus said the flesh is weak. Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we understand these things that, that we, in the natural, the natural man can't do much. Okay? Oh, but how important it is we understand that in the new creation that God has made us, that we now contain God. You're so rich, every one of us. I was talking to Todd earlier that think about the dullest mind on planet Earth. The, think of maybe you know somebody, maybe you feel like you might be dull. But when you're full of God, how the Holy Spirit can take that dullness and eradicate it. Okay? I, I really believe that it was my decision at eight years old to receive the Lord Jesus. As literally I, as I was running past the television when Billy Graham was speaking. 
when, when I ran in to get the ketchup and mustard from a family dinner outside, and they said, twin, go get the ketchup and mustard. And I ran in, got it, and the TV happened to be on, and Billy Graham was saying, just as I am, without one play that song, and he began to preach, you need Jesus. And literally in 15 seconds of watching that, I ran to the bedroom, got on my knees, and received Jesus in my heart. That quick, I believe, and then as I began, Mark and I, we would read the Bible almost every day for a few minutes, the Gospels anyway. And I believe that God did something in my mind that I really do believe that there was a dullness that I was, you know, had experienced from all the pummeling of my uh, twin brother, merciless twin. And uh, God did something in my life and he began to, to, to sharpen my mind. And it took a long time. But then at 15, when I made Jesus Lord of my life, really, really, I knew that I knew that I was born again, had eternal life, would never die. And how wonderful that was. But then at 19 years old, in a basement of Ned Turner's house, a friend of ours, Mark, myself, and Ned, got baptized that night in the Holy Spirit. We got filled with God. We got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I began, I went down, uh, this is the three of us, and this is our prayer, guys. Father, if there's anything that you have for us we don't yet have, Lord, your word says that, that if we ask bread, you won't give us a stone. Fish, you won't give us a snake. Boom. An hour later, I got up speaking in tongues, and it changed my life forever. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Nothing was impossible. My faith was radiating. My love for the Word of God increased. Everything about my Christian walk got infinitely easier as I lived filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it wasn't a perfect walk because it was in my 20s that I began to walk again away from the Lord, even after experiencing the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But my testimony is that God is faithful even when we're faithless. And if we hold on to him, that he is the one who will conquer those things that are conquering us. He will conquer us to bless us. Amen. He will subdue our iniquities. Sanctification is a possibility. Consecration is a reality. That you can live for the Lord. That your flesh doesn't have to dominate. That we don't have to go to heaven still a broken vessel or or mixed up or goofed up or, or feeling like we're the worst Christian on the planet. We can go in glory and honor. And we'll talk about that today. But I just would like all of us to recognize that we do have a treasure in us. God is living in us today. The Holy Spirit is living in us today. Do we have to recognize that? We have to understand that this morning is that we're not mere men. We're not just like everybody else out there. If if you are a born-again Christian, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. God is made up of three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of the Father and the Spirit of Jesus Spirit of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes and brings to us the Father and the Son. And He has sealed us. Our spirit man is sealed. And He is living in this earthen vessel now. He will never jump ship with you. When you do something unbecoming, when you act like... Uh, like you were never saved. When you, when you are, do things that are so embarrassing, you guys still sometimes have embarrassing moments, maybe? 
where you, you live in a way that is a dishonor to, to Christ. You grieve the Holy Spirit. You quench the Holy Spirit. You resist the Holy Spirit. You do despite to the Spirit of grace. He doesn't leave you. He stays in that mess, always working inside you to bring you to Christ's likeness. Can we just lift our hands right now and thank God for the Holy Spirit who is the treasure in us? And now, look at Psalm 8, 4, and 5. What is man, that, the, the Enosh is the word man there, that means fallen man, weak, sick, feeble, pathetic, uh, mortal man, that you, you, God, are mindful of him. What is the son of Adam, Adam, that you visit him? For you made him a little lower than the angels, and you crowned him with glory and honor. So I would just like to say that I probably picked the worst translation for that, that verse 5. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. 90% of all the translations and the Hebrew text leaves no doubt that word angel is God. It's Elohim. Okay? And it says, For you have made him a little lower than yourself. I want you to get this in your mind. The new creation. That when you've been made brand new and God did the miracle in you and your name was written in the Lamb's book of life, your name didn't get just written in the Lamb's book of life, but God gave you the gift of eternal life, which is Zoe, which is his life. God gave you his eternal life and it could only be contained in this brand new vessel called the new creation. And God made the new creation so phenomenal, it's called the masterpiece of God in Ephesians 2.10. For we are his masterpiece. Your translation might say workmanship. Others will say poem. But we are the, the, this incredible work of art that is the, the pinnacle of all the creation of God is the new creation man or woman. We are the greatest thing that God has ever made. No angel is made greater than you. Did you hear me? Angels are not greater than you. Angels happen to be your servants. Who are the angels? Hebrews 1.14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation? Look at your neighbor and say, you, my friend, is that you are an heir of salvation. Just say, you are an heir of salvation. You're an heir of salvation. That means every angel ever created anywhere in the universe is your servant. Angels are serving you and me right now. And it says in 1 Peter 1.12 that angels, it says desire, that word desire is lust. Translated many times through the Bible, New Testament, as lust or covetousness. Angels desire greatly, it says, are desiring to look into this new creation. Angels are amazed at you and me. You know why? Because angels have seen God physically or spiritually. Angels cannot contain God. And they look at humans as weak, sick, pitiful, pathetic. Very well when it says, someone said in a certain place, what is man that you're mindful? And that probably was an angel saying, what is man? How does man get God in him? And this blows angels away. Angels are created for different functions and most likely different strength angels. And you know what? Whatever they're created as, that's what they stay as. They are always whatever they are. But not you and me. We might have been possessed by the devil. A legion of them, as the Gadarene demoniac was. Mary Magdalene was seven possessed by seven demons, or seven is completion. Another way to say that is Mary Magdalene was completely demonized. 
completely. Have you ever met somebody completely demonized? And yet Mary Magdalene gets born again and she becomes Magdalene. No longer Mary, sorrowful, weeping, sad, but Magdalene. Her name means fortress. It means fragrance of a, of a perfume and it means preacher. Oh, you take a completely demonized person, and when they get born again, they become a new creation filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they become like Jesus, rock-like, fortress. And they have the fragrance of Christ. And to be a preacher, to proclaim the good news. Lift your hands with me, and let's thank God we are all new creation people in here. Let's believe that, you know, the Word of God tells us that we can, if we're not a born-again believer, we can become by faith today. Ephesians 3.19, I, I, I want this verse out there today. It says in the Amplified that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God. Now, we're talking about Pentecost Sunday when the church was filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. And now every believer, that is our, our birthright as we are born again to be filled with God. And it says that through our whole being, Unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. How many of you have ever thought about yourself being filled completely with God? That your body, your temple, your mind, your soul, spirit, everything about you becomes a body, a place, a vessel filled and flooded with God himself. Do you think it would make a difference in your joy level? What about your wisdom? Would that go up? Favor? Think you'd have more favor? With the... Come on, you guys. Think about the, 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 the honor and the glory and the greatness of literally being filled with God. And yet the Bible says that that's our possibility in this hour. Now, I've never met a person completely filled and flooded with God. But I've met some amazing Christians that have been so filled with the Spirit that I, I could see God in them. It reminds me of Stephen. It says that when he was being stoned, right? As he was being stoned, he, he, he acted like Jesus. Jesus, Lord Jesus, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. And it says, and they looked at his face, and it was like the face of an angel. But really what it, they're saying there, and some translations translate it like this. And they looked at him, and the, his face was radiating. There was a radiance about Stephen. In the worst moment of his life, in the natural, he's about ready to be stoned for his testimony. He's standing up, walking in forgiveness. His eyes are so fixed on Jesus that the heavens part. And there Stephen sees the Son of Man standing, not sitting, standing at the right hand of the Father. And Stephen says, look, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the Father. Then they began to gnash their teeth even more and they stoned Stephen. And it says he fell asleep. And so you can be so full of God that even when the enemy is taking your physical life out, that you can give a testimony that you are filled with the Holy Spirit and able to walk like Jesus in your worst day. In your worst day. Oh, how we need the Holy Spirit. I just Can we make that our prayer right now? Who wants to be a body wholly filled and flooded with God? If you are maybe think of a, a, a water or water a gallon of water in a plastic jug, 
Okay, and you empty out the water. How long does it take air to fill that that gallon container? Does it does air when it comes in that that jug, that empty jug of water, that plastic jug, it, when water when air when air comes in, does it just come into the first ten percent? Air fills the whole container. I want you to see the Holy Spirit touching your emotions today, filling your emotions with love and patience and goodness and kindness and joy, that your emotions are healthy. You're emo- because God, every cell, every, every, uh, uh, every part of your being is filled and flooded with God. Do we understand what the word baptism actually means? It means to be immersed means to be submerged under the whatever that liquid or that substance is. And so, so this morning, it's a possibility, as we're, we're celebrating Pentecost Sunday today, that every one of us in this room could be filled and flooded with God. Father, would you do this today as, as we move throughout this service, this message, continue to, to, to pulsate and, and move upon the hearts of everyone here that this is a real possibility today, that we can leave here filled and flooded with God. How many of you would say, if, if that's true, I'd like that to happen today? Okay. Well, then it will. <clears throat> Look at John 10, 10 real fast. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to, that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. This is a person not with a lot of money, not with a lot of resources in the natural. That verse is telling us that, the, that we can have a life where we have a, a, a waterfall, a fountain, a spring coming out of us of God, of God. God is coming out of me. I mean, you're not walking and dealing with man as, as another fallen man or woman. You're dealing with him. It's God. When you shake hands with somebody, God is touching that person. Now, if you were truly a sponge, if you were a wet sponge that has, has been baptized, and, and you know, we've all done this. You've all washed cars with sponges, and did, you've done dishes with sponges, I think. And when you, that sponge can be so crusty and dry, but when it's lowered in the water or the soap, soapy bucket of water, and you pick that sponge up, what, what happens when you just get it, when you, when you lift the sponge out of that water, what happens? Water's just coming out of the sponge. Why? Because the sponge is completely filled. It's, it's, and then when you just squeeze the sponge a little bit, what happens? It, more comes out of it. And so if you yourself were a sponge and you were walking through a crowded uh, building, a crowded room, and people were bumping up against you, do you would they get wet a little bit it would, if you were a walking sponge completely saturated? Well, that's what we should be. Each one of us can be filled to the fullness, filled and flooded with God himself. Our entire personality takes on the love of God, the faith of God, the hope of God. That we're not these little minions running around afraid of our shadow. That we're not selfish and and mean and and just... uh, little in our thinking, that we are merciful, we're kind, we're good, we are thoughtful, and we can foresee the future and see what God wants us to do in blessing mankind and blessing the earth. We become champions that the body of Christ needs to be, not people that are born again but not filled. 
Now, you can be born again and not filled with the Holy Spirit, and your life will look very little different from when you were not born again. The only difference is that the Holy Spirit has to stay inside you while you have a carnal mind and you think pathetic thoughts. God is inside us. And He has to endure that. But He he loves us so much. The Bible says in James, you have not because you ask. It said you lust exceedingly and there's wars among you. And it goes through this litmus, this series of things of, of what... How pathetic we're, we're uh, adulterers and adulteresses with the world that we that we're so caught up in the worldliness of things. And then it says this amazing verse in verse five of James four five. It says, but the Holy Spirit desires greatly you. The Holy Spirit is desiring that word desire is lust again. In a good way, it's great. The Holy Spirit is coveting, is desiring with such intensity that you would have your eyes opened up to be able to see a life full of Him, full of God the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a power. The Holy Spirit is not a force or an influence. The Holy Spirit is a person who has emotions, feelings, thoughts, and and the Holy Spirit is called God. He is as much God as the Father and the Son. And yet, oh, how I love the Holy Spirit, because He is my friend who never leaves me or forsakes me. He is my comforter who is at my right hand, ready to give me aid. When I act like a jerk, He still stays with me and tells me, Son, very gently, you acted like a jerk. I've heard God speak to me like this. I've heard, I've heard the Holy Spirit say to me, and I've heard the Holy Spirit say, you get back in that room and you tell that person you're sorry. We listen to the Holy Spirit. We, we're, your walk as a Christian is not on your own. You walk with God. You and I walk with Him. And we have no right to just do this or do that. Who do we think we are? God? We're not. Submit to the Holy Spirit. Control your mouth. Control your thoughts. And you can only do that if you yield your heart to the Holy Spirit. Surrender everything to Him. You're not all that cool. I'm not that cool. I'm just a little bit better than you, but don't worry about that. No, I'm the chiefest of sinners. Somebody asked me the other day, well, what do you think about you? Because you're talking like you're all that. I I said, you misunderstand. He's all that in me. Without him, I am pathetic. We all, all of us are fallen. We're lost. We're empty. We're broken. We don't even, we're blind. We don't even see things. How many of you have ever known somebody that thought they saw and they were just pathetically lost? You, you ever been around a proud, a real proud, proud person? Don't they smell? I mean, just horrible smell. Pride is maybe the worst smell coming off a person. And they just think they smell real good. And they stink. That pride, they can't see it. That ignorance, they can't see it. But if you allow, if you, if you have enough sense to say today, it's possible that I could have a few blind spots in my life and have at least that much humility to lower your life down before the throne of grace and say, God, I, I, I think I, I'm perfect, but I'm probably not. And I know there's probably a few blind spots. What, Holy Spirit, would you, would you come into my life, fill me, and as you fill me, show me the areas that are unchristlike. Show me. And make the crooked places straight inside me. Make me Christ-like. 
You know, I've told this story probably too many times, but I don't think Mark and Pete have heard it and Blake, but I had a marriage counseling appointment and this couple, they were having severe problems. The wife was had a spirit of Jezebel the size of this building. He had a spirit of Ahab the size of this building. And so when I met with them, I met with them individually first, and I said to the husband, I said, so just let's get started here. Would you tell me where you think you stand in your relationship with God, one to ten? And he went like this. One. I said, man, you come to church every day. You, you do your devotions. I've been seeing your tithe check. You're at least a three or four probably. Yeah. And he said, I don't know. I'm just, I don't feel like I'm, I'm even saved. Next night I meet with her. And I said, do the same question. I said, so tell me, where do you stand with God? One to ten. She said, ten. I said, ten? Didn't you pull a gun out from your husband's bed two nights ago and threaten to kill him? I said, that's an automatic two-point deduction off your score. That's why I told her. I said, you're no more than an eight. And in reality, you're down there where your husband is at one. But pride, she was. She thought she was altogether perfect. It doesn't sound like Lucifer. And so, it's so important today that we understand the Holy Spirit is our gift. We've been given the gift of the Father. We've been given this privilege, this honor, this glory of being filled with God, and we act like we don't even know the gift is ours. You have the greatest gift of anybody that's ever lived. When you start looking at, I sure wish I had that job, I sure wish I had that income, I sure wish I had that life, and you're a born-again Christian and the Holy Spirit is the gift that's been given, you got God as your gift, and you don't even act like that's a big deal. I'm embarrassed by my life. Honestly, after walking with the Lord for now for 50 years, 52 years of being born again and and at 15, really selling out at 19. I mean, I've had over 30 years baptized in the Holy Spirit and I still have ignored the Holy Spirit way too much. I haven't paid attention nearly enough. I haven't learned the joy of walking hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14. They that are led by the Spirit are the weos of God, the mature sons. And it's not, it's not cool to be a kid when you're 50, when you're 60 years old. How many do you think that's really cool to still be acting like you're four or five when you're 60? Well, what does a four, how does a four and five act? Well, you can just come into our preschool, and in ten minutes, no, five minutes, you're going to be able to see exactly what a 60-year-old, five-year-old looks like. Because you know what those preschool kids do? They're sweet to each other. As someone takes their truck or their Lego, one Lego, one Lego that size, when there's a billion Legos in there, there's screaming, there's yelling, there's hitting, scratching, clawing, biting. There's it's rough in the preschool when 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 the when the sin nature comes out. I mean, there's transformations. Werewolves. I mean, it's amazing. Sweet little kids all of a sudden 
Am I right? Well, maybe you still have a four or five-year-old soul where everything runs around you. Life comes around you. You were saved to be his. Not, not to see how much you can get. Not to, not to have an attitude. You know what? I don't get to have attitudes. Do you understand that today? I'm, I'm pastoring every one of us. You are not allowed to have an attitude. Unless you speak the truth in love, then you can have that attitude. The Bible says that stop all wrangling and backbiting and this and that. The Holy Spirit can make us Christ-like. Pentecost Sunday was last Sunday. I'm preaching this message today because every Sunday ought to be a Pentecost Sunday. And so, John 4.14, Whoever takes a drink of water, of the water that I will give him, shall never, no, never be thirsty anymore. But the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water welling up, flowing, bubbling continually within him into and for eternal life. Okay, so is it possible to have God himself bubbling up in you? That God can bubble up inside you. That, that there's a spring of the Holy Spirit that can come up in, into your mind and give you an idea and give you uh, wisdom and give you peace and, give, and help you in your faith. Thank you, my little one. That's, that's exactly what we need today. Some babbling in the Holy Ghost. Okay, uh, John seven thirty-seven through 39. Jesus said, and he cried out with a loud voice, If any man is thirsty, are you part of that any man? Let him come to me and drink. He, he who believes in me, who cleaves to, trusts in, relies on me, as the Scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. But he was speaking here of the Spirit. He's speaking of these rivers of water. It's the Holy Spirit coming through us. Acts 11.24, Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And look what that kind of life can do on planet Earth. And a great many people were added to the Lord. When we really get full of the Holy Spirit, we're strong in faith, we can absolutely tear apart the kingdom of darkness and deliver many people and see God bring them, sweep them into the kingdom. Amen? You all know Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power, dunamis, miracle-working power, ability, God-ability, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me. That word witness is proof-producer. You're going to be able to prove that Jesus rose from the dead by the power that is coming out of you. In Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts 2, 1 through 4. But when the day of Pentecost had fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Lift your hands with me and thank God for that sound from heaven. There's a sound from heaven that God wants to give us today. As a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. As I talked to you about that gallon jug, that empty plastic gallon jug of water. 
air filled that entire jug. As soon as you empty it, the air rushes in and fills the whole gallon. And so today, lift your hands, lift your heart open. Would you say this morning that I want right here where I'm sitting, right here, I want a sound from heaven in my life. I want a rushing, a rushing, mighty wind. And I want my whole life filled, my mind, my, 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 my uh, heart, my body, every bit of me, every part of me. I want to be saturated in the spirit of the living God. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all, everybody say all, filled with the Holy Spirit who is God, the third person of the Godhead, God the Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit Gave them utterance. You're not playing make-believe. You're not just yabba-dabba-doo. And that's tongues. You are absolutely being controlled by the Holy Spirit. And He, because you've yielded your life to Jesus and made Him Lord of your life, and you've said, here am I, fill me. The Holy Spirit has done that. The end game of God, if you look on the other side of your notes, God has an end game, is Pentecost. Five major doctrines taught of, of Jesus, incarnation, resurrection, or in, incarnation, number one. Number two is redemption. Number three, resurrection. Number four, ascension. Number five, Pentecost. Five major doctrines of Christ. The last one is what God was after. Because if he doesn't get you born again, you can't receive Pentecost. So he went to the cross to reconcile us back to the Father with his blood, made us a new creation. We're a new wineskin ready to be filled with the wine of the Spirit. So today I would ask you, according to Ephesians 5, do not be drunk with wine, where is his excess, but be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Real quick, and we're going to conclude here in five minutes, but the greatness of being filled with Almighty God, just I want you to think about it. How cool, how great, how awesome it is that we, fallen man, are now born again and can be filled with God. There's nothing greater. Nothing greater. Look at these real quickly. The great need that we have to be filled with the Spirit. It is for our empowerment so that we can obey God. And it is for our sanctification. And it is to quench a thirst that is so great. How, how many of you in the natural, you, you've really been thirsty before? Stupid question. We all have. How many of you were so thirsty you thought maybe you could die you're so thirsty? You ever been lost in a desert for three or four days? I mean, there are people that they've done all kinds of things to just get one drop of water. And so today... Guys, we ought to be thirsty for God because this is a dark world. Guys, there's a lot of fun things. Jackson Hole, Wyoming, I encourage you all to go there. Boy, our family had a great time. But with all the goodness, the Bible says that Isaiah 60, darkness and gross darkness has ascended upon the earth. The king is coming soon. There is such darkness in the earth. But arise and shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And so this morning, 
that glory is not something that he just gives you with a, with a wave of his hand. That glory is God himself coming inside you. That glory is God coming inside you. Would you stand on your feet with me? The great need, the great honor and glory I've talked about. The great power. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead through the Holy Spirit. You can read that verse under the great power. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. Immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of His power for us who believe. Okay? The great responsibility, as I close here, the responsibility that all of creation is groaning, it says in Romans 8, waiting for us to manifest Christ's glory. And that's not going to happen unless we're fully filled and flooded with God through the person of the Holy Spirit in what's known as the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I'll say this again, what we don't need is another current... What we don't need is another carnal Christian on the earth. We don't need to be car- We don't have to need on planet Earth for a carnal Christian. We need spiritual ones that are full of the Holy Ghost. Stephen, I want you to leave here today thinking about this amazing brother Stephen, who was stoned for his faith in Christ. He's found in Acts six and seven. The Bible says in different places he was full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, full of faith, grace, and full of dunamis power. And he produced exploits. He was full of exploits. And Acts 7, 55, But he being full of the Holy Spirit, everybody say full of the Holy Spirit, in the worst moment of his life was able to gaze into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. So no matter what your day looks like, whether you're in a time of great victory in your life, personal victory, or whether it's you're going through the valley of the shadow of weeping in the valley of death, seemingly I want us to know if we're full of the Holy Spirit that we're going to be able to gaze through all that crud and be able to see Jesus and finish our race with glory and honor so much glory and honor that Jesus rose from sitting and stood in honor of his little brother Stephen and said that's the way you do it Father look Stephen is standing being literally stoned walking in forgiveness so I'm, I'm challenging us today God needs a body. He needs a temple. He needs a vessel. The excellency of, of what's in that vessel is not going to be of you. It's going to be of him. He's going to empower you to be somebody that he needs in this earth. He will empower you to bring salvation to the earth. It won't be your wisdom or your strength or your good looks. It's going to be God in you that's going to make the difference. And as you go forth, I want you to think about your mind, what it can be this week filled and flooded with God. You have God thoughts. You have the mind of Christ. You're not just waiting on the rapture going to heaven, but you literally are a person filled and flooded with God. Now, if you're like me, you're hopefully surveying your life and saying, well, this area, this area, this area needs to be changed. I need more patience. I need more kindness. I need to shut my mouth. I don't need to be talking about people, people's problems. I need to be humble. I need all these graces. The Holy Spirit will take you to the next level. He'll give you strength. He will give strength to you today. So, Heavenly Father, today, we take a, a, a survey of our life, 
And we say we need to be filled and flooded with you in this area, in that area. But Lord, we, we, we're so in need of you. We say every area. Lord, today, fill us. How many of you, that's your prayer today? Lift your hands. As you lift your hands, lift your heart. And get with your two hands, this, a, a picture in your mind, taking your heart and handing your heart to Jesus. All that I am, all that I have, I give to you. I'm giving you the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm, I'm, I'm a mixed bag today. I've got good things, but I've got bad things. But I give them all to you. And I give you my heart. I no longer will seek to control. I will always yield to you, Holy Spirit. I will surrender everything to you. My past, I surrender. My present, I surrender. My future, I surrender. I'm your vessel. I'm your temple. I belong to you. I don't own me. You own me. You bought me with a price. I surrender. Now, I believe that when I ask to be filled, you're going to give me fish and not a snake. You're going to give me bread and not a stone. Right now, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you are my Savior. I have no other. I don't trust in myself. Jesus, I believe you died on that cross. You were buried. And on the third day, you rose from the dead. I believe this. Now baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. That I might be a personality. A person filled and flooded with you. Every cell. Every part of my being. Nothing off limits. If there's areas in my life you want me to give up, sins, weaknesses, I surrender them to you. Break the strongholds in my life. Fear, anxiety, worry. Take it all away. Fill me and flood me with yourself, with love, with faith, with hope, with strength, and with wisdom and joy unspeakable and full glory. Amen. Well, let's thank the Holy Spirit right now for coming into us. How many of you believe that you prayed that prayer from your heart and you meant it? Then believe it. What I need you to do, what God needs you to do is believe. Say, I believe I just prayed that prayer from my heart. If you, if you can say, I believe, then the Holy Spirit's going to work. He's going to take those words that you just prayed and He's going to start filling you. You don't have to feel anything. There's a misconception about feelings. Everything has to be felt. Now, I'm telling you, I didn't feel a thing when I got born again. They actually said, do you know what you're doing? I said, yes. I just gave my life to Jesus. But I didn't feel a thing. But I had a conviction that it was true. A conviction is not an emotion. It's a knowing. And so when you leave here, know that you prayed a sincere prayer to ask for the infilling of the Holy Spirit to be filled and flooded with God. And while you're sleeping, the tap, the faucet is on, and He's going to start filling you. While you're working, how many of you believe that you are filled with the Holy Spirit? Would you turn to your neighbor and say, I believe this. I believe this. I believe this. 
Now, would you give somebody a big hug? And let's thank the Lord together one more time.